And welcome back to the Big Wake Up Call 12th anniversary show and time to bring on my next guest. Believe it or not, they have now been on the show 16 times, which means we've spent about three hours together and yet know nothing about each other. They are the nation's (laughs) leading fashion bloggers at uh, GoFugYourself.com. We're going to chat once again with Heather Cox and Jessica Morgan. And good morning. Thank you so much for uh, being here again today. Thank you for having us. Congrats on your uh, anniversary. Yes. 12 years, you said, right? It's hard to believe this is the longest I've ever had any job. And they keep letting me do this. Well, 12 years is apparently silk and linen. So either we need to send you some really like baller table napkins from Crate and Barrel, or we need to get you like a really cheesy sort of flowing linen leisure suit. So we're, yeah. we're going to put our heads together and figure it out. No, what is it? What is it? Tom Wolf with the uh, the white linen suit? I want yes. that. <laughs> exactly. All right. We'll can, get to work on that. I can wear it to all my barbecues with the white linen exactly. suit. Uh, how are you guys? What What is new and exciting? Oh my gosh, we're doing pretty well. I mean, you know, again, I feel like the last bajillion times we've been on this show, our answer has been qualified with, I mean, you know, right? <laughs> how good is anybody doing? But, you know, I think we're doing all right. It's a sunny day in Los Angeles and neither of us has COVID right now, <laughs> knock on wood. So what more can you ask for at this point? I'm, I'm enjoying this lull right now where people in Chicago are pretending COVID is over right before this next wave is going to come in and everything's back to three years ago. And I'm like, why why have I stayed home forever? I know. Enjoy it while it lasts. I yeah. think this could be the last fun summer of our lives. So, like, get out there. Now, are you are either of you originally from, from the L.A. area? I am, Jessica. I am from L.A. I'm like a fifth generation Southern Californian, actually. Wow. Yeah. So if you you didn't come over on the Mayflower, then where where did the original <laughs> Californians come from? Um, I mean, yeah, my family's been in America for a really long time, like the Revolutionary War era. So at some point they came over from, you know, the East Coast at some point. Um, and my dad's parents are from uh, Missouri and my mom's family is from like who California basically, uh, but, uh, you know, they were in like the South and other places. I don't technically really <laughs> have that much info. <laughs> Good people come from Missouri. My wife's from Missouri. So there you go. I can say nothing. I mean, when you talk about the Midwest, that is the exact middle of the country. So that should be the most grounded people. Excellent. So that is actually one of the Midwest States that's in the Midwest as we would think of it. Cause usually you think of like, Ones that you're like, aren't they technically East Coast? <laughs> like they feel more East Coast. So like <laughs> That's true. And I will see reports and like, oh, Ohio's Midwest. I'm like, well, but yeah. Ohio borders Pennsylvania, which borders New Jersey, which borders the ocean. So how is that Midwest? Yeah. Right? That's the one that always confuses me too. Not that I think it's coastal, but that it's just like it feels too far over. <laughs> or or North Dakota's Midwest. Like, no, it's not. That's Canada. <laughs> so Don't okay. Tell Canada that. So one LA native, and then and then what brought you to to LA? Um, I moved. This is Heather, and I moved to LA. Uh, I moved for work. Um, my family origins are a bit more jagged. You know, my my mother is from um, Illinois. She's from just suburban Chicago. Okay. Um, and my dad is British, so um, I was born in Texas, obviously, because sure that makes sense. Right. Um, and we moved around a bunch as a kid, so I grew up in England. I've lived in we lived in Miami for a little bit. I lived in Canada for a little bit, and I was living back in Texas in Austin. Um, and I was I got a job opportunity to move out to LA, and 
at the time I was working in newspapers, which, you know, this was 19, this was 2001. And so there was a hiring freeze coming and I wasn't very happy with what I was doing. I didn't really feel like it was right for me. And so I got the job opportunity to work out in LA on a reality TV show. And I was like, well, I've, this feels just crazy enough to work. So I did it. I got in my car. I drove my stuff out to L.A. and I've basically been living in L.A. ever since. Well, good job, um, you know, getting out of the newspaper industry. I mean, of course, it's, it's you know, 2022 and I'm still doing AM radio. I, I think I'm single handedly keeping that alive. But, but Well, you know, there's some things about it I miss. Like there's no feeling quite like being in the newsroom when something's happening. So like, you know, granted, sometimes the breaking news is not good. But when the whole newsroom is kind of on fire and everyone everyone's going and every, all the pieces are moving, um, there's a real thrill to it. But I just really I liked writing a lot more than I liked reporting. Like I just didn't really like having to sniff out stories and knock on people's doors and pull them over in the mall and be like, Hey, what do you think of this? I don't know. That's just, that part of it was hard for me as it doesn't fit my personality very well. I just always felt like I was bothering people, but the writing part was fun. So I was like, well, this job lets me write without having to actually talk to another human being if I don't want to. So excellent. Well, and we just had a reference to a newspaper and a shopping mall in the same sentence. And boy, if that isn't 2001, there you go. Right. Exactly. I know I'm such a, I'm, I'm vintage. (laughs) And then I don't know if we've talked about this or not. And and if I do, I'll just insert the, the other one, if it's a better answer, but how did, how did you two uh, first, first meet up? Oh, um, yeah. So that basically ties into what Heather was just talking about. Um, she moved out here to Los Angeles to take a job and I was already living here and we kind of knew each other online because we both worked for this website called, um, Well, it was eventually called Television Without Pity. It was a very well-known, like, TV recapping website around the turn of the century. (laughs) And uh, so, yeah, we went out for, you know, she was new in town. We went out for a drink. um, And the rest is history. I need to use that more. I never think about turn of the century without thinking of, like, 1900. But that's great. I can say, like, yeah, my son was born around the turn of the century in 1999. That's great. It's delightful. To be able to say we've been friends since the turn of the century, That's like right. it's it's very dramatic. Yeah, somehow it makes my kids seem older than me because I was right. you know, before the turn of the century. <laughs> so then, I like that's a magic trick. How did you then uh, Im- embark on a on a fashion blogging career? You know what's funny about that is that it also involves a shopping mall. Okay, um, we were. Uh, it's a very important presence in our lives, apparently. Um, you know, because we'd been we were friends for obviously years we'd been, we'd met in 2001 and we'd become friends and um, we founded uh, GFY uh, or go thug yourself. Got to hit that G nice and hard. And we founded yes. the website in uh, 2004 and it was really just because we were wandering around the Beverly center mall in Los Angeles as friends did kind of half shopping, drinking our coffee bean ice blendeds and um, just soaking it in, I guess. And it just, we just noticed that every poster for every movie that was coming out was just really bad. Like, bad pictures of the people in the movie and bad styling of the people who are in the movie. And you're sort of like, well, who is this meant to promote? And like, who's this meant to appeal to is because everyone in it looks awful. And we were like, is, is fugly sort of the new pretty or whatever. And then we gave ourselves a good laugh probably because we were on like our fourth ice blended at that point. And um, we went back and I, I don't know, like, I don't know what it is now. I guess now people probably all the, the the kids out there are starting the TikToks for fun or whatever. But for a period, it was Twitter. You know, people would start a joke Twitter account if something happened. Like Angelina Jolie sticks her leg out on the red carpet and suddenly there's a Twitter account called Angelina Jolie's leg. 
well, back in our day, near the turn of the century, <laughs> it was you started a blog, like it was free to do. And you would just sort of start a blog as a creative writing exercise. And so we took this weird sort of riffy conversation that we had and started a blog as, again, just kind of a fun writing exercise and a place to blow off steam when we weren't, you know, doing our day jobs or anything else. And um, it it just kind of accidentally slid into a niche that wasn't really being widely served on the internet, at least not in a specific way. You know, you had a lot of gossip websites, but you didn't have specifically red carpet fashion websites. So we really just kind of stumbled ass backwards into this, (laughs) this hole in the blogging landscape. And we decided to stay there and it's worked out pretty nicely. I remember those crazy days when you would run to start a blog because, and this, this is so specific, but back in, um, Mm -hmm. 2012, when Mitt Romney was running against Obama, and and one of his campaign things, he's like, hey, I got binders full of women. And I immediately started a binders full of women blog, and that was... And I can't believe that was available. So I believe there's one entry up there to this day, but I can at least say I I got there first for a very dated reference that did not go very long. (laughs) But we'll never forget suppose if I guess if I had developed it, it could have gone certain ways with a with a binders full of women site. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know how that would have been a really happy ending for you. No pun intended. <laughs> um, so maybe it's for the best that that didn't like take off. How much work then are, are you putting into into the blog, into the website every day? I mean, obviously, you, you have you have time to waste to chat with me, but how much how much daily work goes into it and what kind of a staff do you have? You're talking to it. Uh, okay. This is the whole staff. Basically. Nice. I mean, we um, have people who do ad sales and stuff for us, which is fantastic because we don't know how to do that. And um, we also work with a genius woman named Tiffany who does our web development and like fixes stuff if things get broke and does a whole lot of technical stuff on the back end that Heather and I don't know how to do. But other than that, it's this is it. Have- yeah, it's pretty much like we we don't even it's not like we pay them like their staff members are not employees. Well, we pay Tiffany as a freelancer and the ad company is just sort of a separate company that we contract with. So unfortunately, when we make a reference to GFY headquarters, it's really just like my house and her house <laughs> and we're in it and there's no one else. It's not like it's buzzing with um, people who are working on the back end of our website or anything. But we spend quite a bit of time, you know, um, the nice thing about it is that all the events happen generally like three o'clock Pacific time and onward. Um, So there's lots of time during the day where we can kind of make our own schedule for things that need to be done during business hours, whether it's personal errands, doctor's appointments, whatever, or like, you know, I can pick, I can deal with the kids going to school and stuff. Um, But then that also means sometimes the work-life balance gets thrown off because you're like, Oh, it's nighttime and everybody else is getting off work. And it's like, got to sit down and look for some posts to set for the website tomorrow. Um, so we spend quite a bit of time. We post about seven or eight times a day, Monday through Friday. And um, usually that splits just about in half with one of us doing four and the other one doing three or four. Um, and it just, but it's, it's, it's really like the Oscars are a super busy time, obviously, because it's so much content. But at the same time, it's so much content that we're not spending time looking for something like it's all right there. And you can kind yeah. of get through it really quickly. Whereas there are some days where no one's doing anything. Like we're just coming into the dog days of summer and I'm like, oh God, so few people are. And if everyone has COVID, is anyone going to go outside? And so then you think I'm spending a lot more time just like clicking through image providers being like, please, somebody wear something. Um, And that often eats up more of the day than you think. 
Well, I think you've got it right, though. The way to, and, and uh, blogging may be the same. Certainly the way to make a living in, in, in radio and podcasting is keep uh, overhead low and, and unpaid mm-hmm. interns are really the secret to, <laughs> to making a profit. Yes. Yes. Well, to get some of those, maybe I can get someone to, you know, I don't know. I don't know what I'd have them do, but they seem like they would be helpful. I, I can't recommend it more. And unfortunately, we get them usually coming out of broadcasting school, which is, it's oh, kids, stop going to broadcasting school. Yeah. They're, they're, they're taking your money. Because <laughs> we get kids who are going into radio that cannot talk and cannot oh. form a thought, but they will take your money and tell you you'll be on the radio. And I don't know why you'd want to do that when you can just start a podcast instead of spending $8,000 for broadcast school. Maybe you should start a podcast that's all about advising people to not go to broadcast school and start a podcast. Hmm. <laughs> I get the, that is not a bad Very idea. Meta. Very meta. Yeah. <laughs> I this will like probably all get, off of this advice. I'll probably get snipped out because I'll get, we'll have a sponsor or something. But anyway, leave an edit point there. <laughs> Well, I can't, I, I can't have you here without asking about uh, fashion trends for fall. Do we have a, a fall color that will be popular? Do we have a, a fun thing people will be wearing? What, what do we think? Gosh, you know, I, I don't know about color, but I will say that menswear right now has taken a big swerve from being very tailored to being very sort of oversized and baggy. Actually, hmm. that's true of that's true of suits for all genders, but I'm noticing it a lot because I just posted some pictures from um, the Valentino Couture show and um, Daniel Levy from uh, Schitt's Creek for one example, who often wears lots of, he wears, he has like very interesting fashion sense. He wears all kinds of stuff, but he was wearing this really schlubby looking brown suit and it's because everything was just big. And in fact, it always, the reference I always want to make is it reminds me of the end of the movie big when Tom Hanks is in his suit and then he's walking away and all of a sudden he's turned back into his 13 year old self, but he's still wearing the suit. And you just look like a teenager who like went shopping in the wardrobe of like a much taller adult. Um, so if you want to look like that, if that is your ideal aesthetic, then I think this fall is your time to shine. Well, that's what that's a very 90s thing then when it was just, you know, oversized T-shirts, I think was 90 percent of my wardrobe. But that's always what happens. Like when I was a little bit overweight, like slim fit suits were in. And now that I'm at a good weight, now things are going to be baggy again. Like I can't win. <laughs> This is why you become a hoarder. Just never throw right. anything away. Don't ever get rid of any of your clothing is my rule of thumb. And that's why I have so much stuff in my apartment right now. Oh, I mean, my, my oldest son is 23 and I keep giving him here. These t-shirts are all older than you. And now you can be hip <laughs> because they're, you know, concert t-shirts from, you know, the 90s. Yeah, true though. He has a vintage archival wardrobe. You've done, you've done him a solid. He's, he can seem uh, just as, as hip and cool as I was for about an hour and a half, I think, in the 90s. Exactly. Well, weren't we all? Everyone was hip and cool for an hour and a half in the 90s. Well, do you have any exciting plans for the, the rest of the summer? Hmm. Gosh. I, <laughs> there you go. I just pointed out. I mean, <laughs> we just I just got back to Los Angeles, so I am really looking forward to going to some Dodgers games. Yay. Um, I would love to be able to enjoy that again. My kids are really excited for that. Like, I feel like I'd love to go see some sports outside. Um, and just kind of, as Jessica said, have fun because who the heck knows yeah. <laughs> when yeah. the next of a series of shoes is going to drop and knock us all in the head. Seize the day, I say. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm also going to go to plenty of Dodger games. Um, I have a trip to Germany planned for the end of August, which I'm looking forward to, and hopefully that will continue without incident. Um, but other than that, I think we're just trying to, like, you know, enjoy ourselves. 
And uh, check it out. It is GoFug, hard G, GoFugYourself.com. <laughs> uh, follow us on Twitter, at FugGirls. Uh, Heather Cox and Jessica Morgan, thank you so much for being on my 12th anniversary show, and uh, I, I hope we can do it again. Yes, happy anniversary. 